We're told in Luke chapter 4, verse 31, that Christ came down to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Our Lord was now coming from the city of Nazareth, where he had declared to them the grace of God. And they were happy at first when they heard the, the, the gracious words concerning the character of the Messiah, the person of the Messiah, the blessed works that Christ would accomplish for them as the Messiah, what he did and what he does and what our Lord has done for his people in his redemption. They rejoiced in that until he made particular application of that word of grace to them. And then they understood, wait a minute, you're glorifying God. You're declaring that God is sovereign to save whom he will. What about me and my works? What about what I bring to the table? What about my, my fleshly advantages? You're, you're just dismissing them. And the, the, the problem is they were, all Christ did was quote the scriptures. He spoke the truth according to the scriptures. He declared the grace of God that declares God sovereign to save whom he will. And how God, God is able to save any sinner. Right? Even John the Baptist said at one point, Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham for our father. Why? Because God is able of these stones to raise up sons of Abraham. He can bring children of God out of, out of anyone, the worst and the lowest of us. And so we don't want to have confidence in this flesh. They did, and Christ passed them by. Christ went right through them, and, and, and they did not know the, the salvation of God. They didn't know Christ. And so we've got to be saved entirely by the Lord Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we will perish in our sins. Now, there's two things in these closing verses of Luke chapter 4 now in Capernaum. There's two things in these closing verses that I want to show you. First is the power of Christ's word power of Christ's word. And then the second thing is that Christ is shown to us here as the Savior of his people from all our ailments of sin. He delivers his people from every trouble, every problem that is the result of sin. Right? Christ is the one who restores us and saves us. Now the first thing of note that we see here in this passage is the importance of the gospel. The importance of preaching the gospel, of our salvation. And this is demonstrated for us by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Look at verse 31 and 32. Christ came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. This is how Christ teaches his people. It's through the preaching of the gospel. When we go to the Lord in prayer, that's a sweet and blessed time because we're able to pour out our hearts to the Lord and, and to, to speak to him of, of all that's in our hearts and minds and, and what we're thinking. He knows it, but it's a sweet time. It's a blessed time to go to the Lord, to the Lord with, with 
your cares and concerns and worries and fears and hopes and and it's it's good and then what the lord does is he te- he speaks to us through the preaching of the word he te- he speaks to us in his word but there's a blessed fellowship in being gathered together with the lord's people to hear his word and that's where he ministers his grace and the doctrine of his grace to the hearts of his people it says in verse 32 they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power so our lord didn't shy away from doctrine at all in his preaching was the doctrine i think he spoke almost word for word what he said in nazareth he said to them here in capernaum except they heard it and they were astonished at his doctrine they were astonished how he pointed out the things of god to them in the word and what that meant what the lord was teaching us and showing us about how he saves how gracious he is how wonderful our god is to save sinners because that's us we're sinners we're sinners and so throughout this passage you'll notice that the word of our savior is exalted his word is is with power His word is power. His word delivers his people. His word instructs his people and teaches us and doesn't leave us in darkness, but gives us light. Because he is the light and understanding and wisdom of God. And so his word triumphs over all our foes and all the troubles that we have as sinners. Now, we see this here in verse 36, drop down there. They said, what a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. Look at verse 39. He stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And he spoke his word. Look at verse 41. The devils were identifying him as Christ, the Son of God, and he rebuking them suffered them not to speak. And then again, at the close of the chapter, verses 43 and 44, he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. Our Lord is showing us here that the business of Christ was to preach the gospel. He made it his business to preach the kingdom of God, to declare to the people The good news of our salvation is found in in Christ Jesus. He's here. He's come. He's arrived. And he's redeemed us. He's accomplished our redemption. Our salvation is accomplished by him. And he's bringing the, 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 the power of that salvation in life to the hearts of his people through the gospel. Through the gospel. And so... This is how sinners come to know the power of Christ, through the preaching. That's how he makes his power known in the hearts of his people, through the preaching of the gospel. And this is how we bring that word of Christ to the people, through the preaching of the gospel. And that's why he gathers us, and that's why we're gathered here to hear his word, to be taught of the Lord, that he might bless us with his word, and comfort us, and teach us, instruct us, and gather us together to himself. This is how he saves. 
You that believe, it's because of the power of his word made effectual to your hearts by his Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't hear it. Now, we see this not only declared here, but throughout the scriptures. Paul instructs us, saying, and turn over to, to 2 Corinthians 4. Paul speaks of, of, to the church that this is our ministry, is to preach the word. Our business is to be about preaching the word of God, to preach the gospel of our salvation, of what Christ has accomplished for his people. <coughs> Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's saying this is our ministry that God has given to us. It's not about instructing people in the form of religion. Right? It's not about baptisms and, 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 and prayers and, and hymns and standing and sitting and the right clothes and things like that. That's not what it's about. It's about Christ. These things are, are profitable to us in an orderly manner. But that, this isn't the blessing. This isn't salvation in doing the form of religion. Christ is salvation. He's all. And so that's why Paul's saying, we don't handle this deceitfully. We're not trying to, to convince you, do these things and you'll be saved. We're saying, look to Christ. He's salvation. And all who believe him have eternal life. All who believe him have been given life. That's why they believe. That's, that's why we confess him and cry out to him. But, right, and this is how he taught us through the gospel, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So our ministry is the ministration of the word. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach... Not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so through the gospel, through the preaching of the word, exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of God, which is Christ, shines into the darkness of our hearts and the darkness of our minds, stripping and tearing down and breaking down those things built up by the flesh and the folly of the flesh and the foolishness of our wisdom. He breaks those things down and the light of Christ comes in and gives us hope and light and understanding to the things of God. Not trusting ourselves, but trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the power of God. Verse 7, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, the Lord raises up men who are weak in themselves and, and, and not able 
to, to affect these things in your heart so that unequivocally you must give all the glory to God. You that believe him, you that hear, you that are comforted, you that are encouraged, you that are strengthened, it's because of the power of Christ and not because of me and not because of another man, but because Christ, it's his power, his power. And so these immediate verses here that follow our Lord's baptism and follow him through the temptation in the wilderness by the devil, they're to emphasize for us that Christ taught the people and was manifested to the people through the preaching of the gospel. And that's why we preach the gospel. That's why we declare Christ and emphasize in our gathering the preaching of the gospel because that's the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. It's, it's the Lord. And so that's why we follow the example of our Lord and his apostles. That's where the sheep and the lambs of God are fed and brought out of darkness and go in and out and find pasture in the Lord, in the preaching. That's where we're delivered from the bondage of sin. And that brings us to the second thing that's highlighted for us here in our text. The deliverance by Christ's word that we see worked in all the people. There's a, a, <coughs> excuse me, a variety here that's showing us that all the ailments of sin have been conquered and overcome and defeated in us by the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to see these examples here. They're going to, <clears throat> there's these examples here of, of how we're delivered from all these different types of, 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 of effects that are in this flesh because of sin, because of sin in us. And through these examples, Christ is shown to us to be the complete Savior. Christ is shown to us to be all and in all. Now, this passage is revealing to us that Christ is the great physician. Whatever your trouble is, because of sin, go to Christ. And all your troubles are because of sin. If it wasn't for sin in us, if it wasn't because of our fall in Adam in sin and being, being by nature in, in the body of, of, of sin, the body of death and under the dominion of sin, we wouldn't have all these ailments and all these problems and all these troubles. It's because of sin. It's because of sin. And so the Lord gives us some examples here of his power triumphing over the ruin and the works of sin. All right, so first let's look at verse 33 through 36 back in Luke 4. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed, and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they come out. And so, in this triumph over devils, <coughs> we see the truth that the Apostle John declared in 1 John 3.8, when he said, For this purpose 
the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that's really what this passage is showing us here, is Christ destroying the works of the devil. When he came in in his lies, in his murder, and he deceived Eve, and Adam fell in sin and plunged him and his whole race into sin, death, and ruin. Right? That, that work there is all being destroyed by Christ. By Christ. And our Lord does this salvation, this saving work for all of his people. One thing we see in this passage is religion doesn't cleanse us of our sin. Religion doesn't clean us up and cleanse us from the filth and the stain and the guilt of sin. Where was this man found? He was found in the synagogue on the Sabbath day to worship God with all the other people that were gathered there. That's where this man was. He wasn't out on the street somewhere. He was in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he has an unclean spirit. And Christ is the one that delivered this man of the unclean spirit, not religion. He was fine in religion. He was happy to be there in religion. Christ saved him. That's what we need to. We need Christ to save us. We don't, we're not told about this man's appearance. I don't think this man looked any different from anybody else. I don't think this man's voice sounded different from, anybody's, from anybody else's. Right? When I used to read this, I would imagine this man in this like little crickety old hissy kind of devilish sounding voice. It probably was a normal voice just like you and me. So what was it? What was it that betrayed his unclean spirit? He opposed Christ. That's what it is. That's how we know he had an unclean spirit. He was opposed to Christ. And that's what we all are by nature, opposed to Christ. That's the unclean spirit. That, that's that's the, the wickedness in us. Christ came to save people from his people from their willful opposition to Christ and, and, and shutting themselves up against the truth of God. Christ has to do that because we don't turn ourselves, we don't bring ourselves to Christ. Christ comes and he delivers us from death. He delivers us from that opposition and enmity against God, just like Romans 8 says. that The, the carnal man is enmity against God. Natural man's enmity against God. Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians 2, verses 2 and 3, when he said, Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's being under an unclean spirit. And that's every one of us by nature. Under that, under that influence of the devil. And going about the course of the world. But let me pick up now from Titus 3, verse 4 and 7. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness, which we have done, right? not going to the synagogue on the Sabbath day with everybody else. That's not our salvation. But according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration 
our unclean spirits must be washed away and stamped in its place the Holy Ghost. Right? And renewing of the Holy Ghost. Verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This man was not looking for deliverance. He was going, showed up to do what he did every Sabbath day. And he was content in that, but Christ intervened. And Christ saved him and delivered him, even though he wasn't looking for it. And, and thanks be to God, that's exactly what he did for every one of us. We weren't looking for it. We would have been content in dead religion or content in, in this world. But Christ intervened. Christ interposed his blood. Christ came and delivered us from that oppression of the devil. And that work of the devil, that power that he had over us through sin. And so, such is the salvation of our God's people. It's a sovereign act of our God to save whom he will, to deliver his people in the day of grace of his choosing, when he will save them. And Christ shows himself here to be the deliverer from all of Satan's devices, because we can't free ourselves of it, but Christ is able, and Christ did. And that's what he works in us right now in his people. Now, the second example picks up in verses 38 and 39. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. Now, I love those last few words of that verse. They besought him for her. And that's a blessing. That's a blessing that we have in one another, brethren. As, as a body, we have the blessing of having our brethren interceding for us. You know, I was sick all this last week, and I received phone calls and texts from a lot of you, a lot of the, the brethren asking me, how are you doing? Are you getting any better? Are you still sick? How's Michelle? Is she getting better? And, and what about everybody else? And they said, you know, they were asking about me, and they, and they said, we're praying for you, and we're praying for, for the brethren, our brethren. And that was a lot of people. They're praying for you, you know, and you're praying for them. And, and there's a real care there and a love there. And that really encouraged me to know that my brethren were thinking of me. And, and then that, that motivated me as I was feeling better. I wanted to, and I started reaching out to others and telling them. I was thinking of them and praying for them as well because it's, 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 it's an encouragement. It's an encouragement. And it's just nice to know that somebody cares about you and thinks about you and does pray for you. And so that's what they did there. They besought him for her. And he stood over her, verse 39, and rebuked the fever, and it left her. <clears throat> and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. And so here we see that even those ailments which are most common among us, you know, the, 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 the sicknesses, the, the fevers, the aches, the pains, and, and the, the sufferings that, that we have, they don't escape the eye of our Savior. There, he, he knows and he cares for us. Sickness had visited the house of one of the Lord's disciples, Simon Peter. And his mother-in-law lay sick with a great fever. 
I mean, he was probably a very high fever and probably lasted for a very long time and didn't seem to have any, any breaking up of that in, in sight. And they were worried for her probably. And maybe she was near to death. But by the power of his word, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And sick, sickness and disease, just like unclean spirits, are a result of, of sin in us, in our flesh, in our infirmity. It doesn't mean that we get sick because of some sin that we've committed. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's because we are sinners. It, that's why the body is weak and infirmed and susceptible to sicknesses and, 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 and why we, we have these, these, these trials like this in the flesh and diseases. It's because of sin in the world, sin in the flesh. It's because by nature we're all sinners in this flesh. And so it's because by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so all men died because all have sinned, Romans 5.12. It's because sin is pervasive throughout, throughout this world because of us, because of man. And that, that's why there's sin here. And that's why there's sin and diseases and unclean spirits and all these things that trouble us because of sin. That's why there's evil in the world. That's why people are hateful and hating one another and doing horrible, wicked things and saying horrible, wicked things about one another. It's because we're sinners. That's why. That's where it comes from. And so Christ has the power and the authority over all our sicknesses and all our diseases so that we see him healing the people here. We see him casting out demons and, and delivering, healing their, their, their sicknesses. We'll see cases where he, he healed a withered hand. Right? He, he had that man stretch his hand out and it formed whole and he healed the lame and he Deliver them of sicknesses and diseases. And, and if you're troubled and saying, well, why isn't it now? Why are not? Like, I was sick all week. <laughs> and, 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 and some of us have various diseases and ailments that aren't getting better and aren't going away. And we're, we, have, you know, we, we rely on the, the medical system to, to keep us going. Right? Why, why don't we see deliverance from that? Because, well, as we'll see here, because we walk by faith. But the Lord has demonstrated that when I die, I know that, that, that sin here in this flesh has no power over me. The second death has no power over you that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you've been made a partaker by His grace of the first resurrection. He's given you life from the dead in the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's given you faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I was reading an article by Greg Elmquist. I should have put it in the bulletin. I didn't, but, but he was noting that, you know, we, we get to thinking that <coughs> the disciples that walked with the Lord had it better than we have it. And, 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 and his point was, not at all. You have faith. And the sight of faith and the hearing of faith is much greater than the natural eye, the eyesight, and the natural ear. How do you know that? Well, because they still, 
They still forsook the Lord. They still had to be corrected by the Lord. They saw him. They heard him with their own ears, and, and, and it didn't do any improvement for them. They still had to be taught and recovered and delivered. Peter had to be converted, and, and, and the Lord still had to save them because they, they needed faith too. And so we all are saved by faith. And through the eye of faith, you know Christ is my Savior. And, and though I still see in my flesh the remnants of sin, and, and, and I see sin, and I see the infirmities of sin as a result of sin, and the sicknesses and diseases and all kinds of problems, that's not my hope. My confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I have, I'm thankful for the faith that we have. We don't need to be delivered from everything. Sure, it would be nice, and if the Lord wills, he can do it. But we have faith. He's given us that precious gift of faith to know when this is all over, Christ has conquered it all. Conquered it all. It's got no power over me. It's got no power. It's got no power over you. And so he went on to heal more sicknesses and more evil from sin of all that was brought to him. Look down. Well, first, look at verse 37. After he cast out that unclean spirit, verse 37 says, The fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. And then you come down to verse 40 and 41. So they heard this, and now they started coming with their sick and infirmed. And it says in verse 40, Now when the sun was setting, all they that had sick had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And devils also came out of many, crying out and saying, Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. And so our Lord is showing us is that this Jesus of Nazareth is the Savior of every malady caused by sin. He's the deliverer of everything that, that, that's wrong with us because of sin. He is the one. You don't have to go to him for one thing and to another Savior for another thing. He's the one and only salvation of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's not another. There's not another. There's only one way to the Father. That is through Jesus Christ, the Son, the Savior of his people. So go to him. Go to him with your sicknesses. Go to him with your diseases. Go to him with your needs and your cares and your worries and your troubles and your doubts and your fears. All that you have that has filled your heart and your minds, go to Christ. He's the Savior. He's the great physician. He's the healer of his people. He's the one who comforts his people so that, so that by his grace we don't need to have the, the, every cup passed from us. But Lord, nevertheless, thy will be done. He gives us that grace. He gives us his spirit. He gives us that power of his to trust him, to trust him in it, that we may know that in him we have life and liberty and salvation perfectly, just as he said. Now, in closing, I just want to look closely with you and show you just a few of the glorious effects that we see as a result of his grace, as a result of his power and working in his people. First, when, when he healed Peter's mother-in-law of that fever, 
Verse 39 says that she immediately <coughs> arose and ministered unto them. That's what the Lord does. When he comes to you with power, he gives you a heart to rise and to serve your Lord and to serve his people. She rose and ministered to them. Right? It wasn't just Christ and it wasn't just the people. It was Christ and his people. That's what he does for, for all of us who are saved. Next, verse 42. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. And the people sought him and came unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. What we see here is that when Christ ministers salvation and life to his people, their heart is changed. They're a new creature. They want to know the Lord. They want to go and be with the Lord. They seek him out. And they want to be with him, and they want the Lord to stay with them and never depart from them. Right? They want to be there with, with the Lord's people. That's where they, they want to be. And so that's their, their, their true heart's desire. And especially when <coughs> there's been an occasion where we've seen just what happens when, when all our focus is, in, is on the world. And, and, and we wander away. When we see that, more so. We want the Lord, Lord, please stay near. When we've been recovered and delivered from that temptation, we, we pray, Lord, don't ever leave me. Don't depart. Don't let me fall back into that same place where I was when the temptation came the last time. I don't want to do that again, Lord. I don't want to go there, Lord. And so stay near me. And that's what we want. That's what he does for us. And then look, this was his reply. And this is his reply to them is his word to us also. Verse 43 and 44. He said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. And he preached in the synagogues of Galilee. What is the Lord saying by saying this? Because, right, what does that mean? Is he, is he going away? Did he leave them there? Is that what he's saying to us, that he's going to depart from us? No. What he's saying, what I believe he, he's saying here, what he's showing us is that it's going to be a walk by faith. You're going to need the Lord. You're going to see your need of the Lord. And he's going to teach you through the preaching of the word, just like we began this, this message. This is how he teaches his people through the preaching of the gospel. He promises he will never leave you nor forsake you but he's going to speak to you through the preaching of the word. And he's going to gather you and draw you. He's going to show you the importance of the word. He's going to show you the importance of worshiping him because he's going to give you the need to worship him. He's going to give you the need to hear his word. And you're going to depend upon it. And you're going to, you're going to be gathered here because you want to hear the Lord. And this is where he's going to speak to you. More than any place else, he's going to speak to you to comfort you, to instruct you in what he's doing, why he does what he does, why he teaches you the way he teaches you, how it's good for you, how what he's done for you has indeed been good for you, and how he's separated you through the various trials and difficulties from the love of this world, and he's kept you from the love of this world. And given you so many more better, precious things in Christ. 
even though, as Paul said, though this outward man perish, and it dies daily, it's good. It's good through all those trials because it results in, in, in the food and the, the blessed word of what Christ has done. And it makes it all the more precious to us and all the better understood by us of Christ and what he's accomplished for us, why he's done it, why he does it this way. And so that's why he says, you're, you're going to think I'm not here, but I'm here. But it's to instruct you through the preaching of the word. This is why I'm doing it. And it's for your good. There's a good, gracious purpose of God in all of it. And so through it all, we learn the preciousness of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now I'm going to close. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. And we'll just close with these <coughs> closing verses from verse 14. <clears throat> verse 14. So Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this cause... Paul says, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Trust your Lord. Believe him. He's, he knows exactly what he's doing. He is the Savior of all your ailments, of all the problems you have in this flesh because of sin. Christ has conquered it all. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of it. And don't try and fix it yourself. Seek Christ. He's the blessing. Amen.